Let's go to the word of the Lord, right? The calling of God was our first session. Just one brief scripture. I'm going to read this every single time because without knowledge of calling, you will never be the fulfillment, never have the fulfillment of your ministry. The Bible says in Mark 3.13, I love this passage, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. If you don't know and believe that God wants you to minister before him, then you need, that's where you got to start. You need to start there, right? Start, okay, God, what are you calling me to do? And they came to him, so you got to come. You got to obey. You got to start doing things, right? I'm going to give you guys, at the end of this session, we're going to do something else for the month of September. So I'm going to, you know, we're going to get, we're going to, I'm starting to put some stuff on you guys. So, uh, and he appointed 12 and then that they might be with him. And by the way, there was about 70 probably at that time that were gathered there. He appointed 12 uh, that he might, that they might be with him. Everybody say be with him and that he might send them. You can't be sent unless you're with God, unless you're being with him. Today, we were being with God, right? We are in prayer. Your prayer life is absolutely, absolutely unequivocally the key to the success of your ministry. So what do we look at? We, we got to be with him that we might be sent out to preach, have power to heal the sick and cast out demons. So we preach, right? And have the power. So when we're with God, when he is with us, when he has chosen us, he will send us not as sheep unto the wolves, but as what? As sheep dogs among the sheep. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? Protecting the sheep from the wolves. Um, and he will send us out and we will have power to heal, uh, to pray the prayer of faith and see the sick healed and the blind uh, eyes opened and to cast out demons. So this is important. Everybody say cast out demons. Cast out demons. If, if uh, we're coming into a time frame, I really believe that if we, I'm going to spend a whole, I'm going to spend a whole session here down the line on the understanding of the doctrine of demons and how we're, we need to deal with that and deal with how you you uh, take charge of that how you I mean, we're going to talk about that um, it's it's uh, on my desk um, so what is it and to have power to heal the sick and to cast out demons um, so if you can understand your role what God's called me this is what we talked about in the first. Jesus selected 12 out of 70. He has selected you out of this body of Christ. Why? Because you're here. Because you came. Um, and, and you came and you're going to do great things. Amen? Amen. Uh, okay. And then the next week we talked about study and preparation. I, I really enjoyed that lesson. Uh, there's going to be more uh, that I will help you. The book of Jude... Remember that I'm giving you now, I want you to apply the things that I talked about in study and preparation. So if you don't remember those things, you didn't have a notepad, I want you to go back and listen to that um, that uh, on our podcast um, so that you can uh, have a greater understanding, right? You're going to use your your all, all of your, and you're going to have to condense it down. You're going to write it out, and then you're going to go, oh, that was 10 minutes. <laughs> And you're going to figure out what's important, right? You're going to you're going to treat us as if we are are people that you've never spoken to, and you're going to tell us what's important to you, what you're feeling from the Spirit out of the Book of Jude. 
So we're going to, I, I'm, I cannot wait for this. Um, this is going to be so good, right? So stand right here and deliver that. And we're going to support one another, love one another. And after each one of us, after we get done, all of us doing this, um, we're going to have a time of communion. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Amen. And um, I am so I am so overwhelmed by God's presence. <laughs> it's uh, so good. Anyway, Second Timothy two. I cannot wait for Jesus to come back. Amen. But while we're waiting, we got to be good servants. So the second week we talked about study preparation. Second Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, not unto man, unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Everybody say rightly. Right. Everybody say I can. I can. Wrongly. Wrongly. Divide the word of truth. Divide the word of truth. That's right. It's truth still. It's the word of God. But I can wrongly dissect it. I can wrongly put it in context or not. I can put things where they don't belong. It does not mean the word of God is false doctrine. It means that I have, I, human, has wrongly divided the word. So rightly dividing the word is so important. That's why um, you know we have to conversate. That's why we have to talk through things. That's why we have brothers in our in our lives that you bounce things off of and say, "What do you think about this?" And they go, "Well, what about that? What about this? And what about that?" They're not attacking you. They're trying. You're edifying. That's a good word. I love that word. You're edifying you, right? In kindness and in love. So receive that when it's somebody that's close to you. Um, don't don't make doctrine doctrine unless it is doctrine. Man's doctrine versus God's doctrine. Don't do that, right? Don't make those things that are not of God. Okay, this week we're going to talk about servant leader. Everybody say servant leaders. We're going to talk about how to serve, when to serve. But I'm going to talk to you um, out of Paul's writing in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This is a, a powerful passage. There was, I, I could have had a hundred verses up here. Um, and I chose just these few so that you don't receive too much um, at one time. But I, I want you to understand 1 Corinthians 4, Paul writing to the Corinthians in Corinth. He says, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ. Everybody say servants. Servants. Paul is telling the Corinthian church, I want you to consider us. He's talking about himself. I want you to consider us that we're servants of Christ. He didn't call himself a preacher a prophet or apostle other people called him that he never called uh well he did say he was a prophet and an apostle but i'm saying in this passage he's not referring to himself as i'm lifted up i'm you know that kind of thing so he says as a servant of christ and stewards everybody say stewards stewards what does that word mean does anybody want to throw in there stewards Steward is like someone who maintains and takes care of something. That's right. A steward, a lighthouse steward, maintains the lighthouse so that ships can can safely navigate water. Right. We we are stewards of the mysteries of God. Verse two. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one must be found faithful. Faithful. Everybody say faithful. Faithful. So what are you being faithful to? The mysteries of God. You're being faithful to being a servant. Of Christ. Your call is not to lordship, it is to servanthood. Let me say it again. Your calling is not to lordship, 
It is to servanthood. That is such a hard thing. I'm going to tell you this right now and be very honest. Preachers and ministries are some of the most prideful people I know. They get puffed up in their own belief, their own rightness, and their own... And it's a, it was a risk for Paul. Paul received a messenger from Satan that he might not get puffed up. Uh, and that he tried to get, you know, and what and thrice he said, you know, get rid of this God. And God said, my grace is sufficient. I'm going to keep you in that place because I know if I remove it, you're going to become big-headed, right? Proud. And in that moment... Paul understood that okay, I gotta quit. I gotta quit asking God to remove something because that something literally is my salvation. Did you hear what I just said? That messenger from Satan literally was Paul's salvation to save him from himself. Right? Paul was, in my opinion, one of the John the Baptist. Jesus said was the greatest walking shoe leather. Paul is at least second. <laughs> besides Christ, right? Um, it, it, he was revelatory. He was obedient. He was sacrificing. He, he did all the things that he was taught by the Word of God, by the Holy Spirit. So in this moment here, understanding your position is absolute to understanding your calling, to understanding what God is calling you to do. A lot of people want position. It's just human nature. A lot of people want accolades. And by the way, who doesn't, right? <clears throat> who doesn't want to hear, you're doing a good job. I want to hear that. Do you want to hear that? Yeah, because we're human. We have this emotional being that's so important. It's only when we elevate ourselves above our calling and above the God that we're serving that we become... Prideful, we become uh, self-righteous. We become, and I'm warning you about this because ministries that become this way become uh, corrupt in other ways. It starts becoming corrupt in finance. It starts becoming corrupt in in all kinds of ways that manifest itself from that spirit of pride. Remember, pride, pride is the number one, right? So. Uh, in our lives as ministries, we must also you know, always take that position of servanthood, that servanthood leader, that leader that is serving people. You're not leading by telling people where to go. You're leading by walking in front of them, showing them where to go. Follow me? Mm -hmm. So it's important that you do that. Moreover, it is required in a steward that one must be found faithful. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Consistent. Everybody say consistent. Consistent. God's not looking for highs and lows. He's looking for consistency. Too many times in our lives, those that are living high, right, have big hills that they got to go back down. One of the things I learned about driving my RV is that I don't worry about going up the hill. It's going down the hill that bothers me. Because it's when you're going down the hill that you can lose control. It's when you're going down the hill that the brakes fail. It's when you're going down the hill that you can have a catastrophe, a fatal catastrophe, right? So I've learned in, in, in driving that RV that I don't worry about going up. The up is easy, right? I'll slow down, get in the left-hand, right-hand lane and go just nice and easy. It's going down that hill because now i got all this weight going down the hill, right? And if you're not careful, if you just let it go, if you don't gear it right, if you don't brake correctly... Right, you will have problems, and this is true in your life. Consistency 
with the Word of God, with your fasting. I know I've talked to several of you that you've, you've, you've had some highs and you've had some lows, right? And my whole thing is you got to give yourself some space, right? Paul had some good days and bad days. <laughs> Peter had some good days and bad days. Am I right? Yeah. So you got to give yourself some break. You know, Yeah, there's going to be days, weeks that you don't feel like reading Scripture. You don't feel like praying, right? I'm going to suggest you push through that a little bit, but I'm going to suggest also that you don't give yourself such a hard time about it, that you feel defeated, and you, then you go down the hill, right? You lose control, and you end up in bad places. I know people that it ended up being fatal. They were here one minute and here the other because uh, they, could, they, they felt like it was their works that were saving them, that were making their ministry, their activity. No, it's God's activity in your life. You're just a vessel, right? You're just a vessel. So that's your prayer. Lord, help me be. So servant leaders, Corinthians. Let's go on to the next. First uh, Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19, Paul writes later in this uh, passage uh, to the Corinthians. For though I am free from all men. Everybody say free from all men. Free from all men. I have made myself a servant to all. Don't you read that closely. Made myself servanthood is not something that comes naturally no. serving others out of joy and gladness is not something that comes freely mm-hmm. right so uh, I'm, I'm talking about serving people that you don't like mm-hmm. i'm talking serving people you don't agree with mm-hmm. i'm talking the doctor takes a hippocratic oath that would if A patient comes before him. Whoever is in front of him, by that oath, he must treat them. That means the doctor whose son was killed by a drunk driver, the drunk driver gets pulled into that emergency room and and you realize halfway through the surgery that this is the guy that killed your son? Mm. Trust me. This is actually a story that happened. Mm -hmm. Trust me. For me... I'd be making sure this guy didn't make it through the night, right? If I let my flesh, but there's an oath that's greater. There's a call that is greater. In your life, you're going to run across people, whether it be doctrinally. Everybody say doctrinally. Doctrinally. You're going to disagree with them, but you're still going to serve them. Whether it be culturally, amen? Mm -hmm. Whether it be race, whether it be, by the way, if you have a problem with race, you need to go to the altar before you serve anybody. Someone say amen. amen. In this moment here, we have got to check ourselves at the door. We are ambassadors of Christ. We are not our own. Paul says we were paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are paid for with a price that could not be paid ourselves. So we are, if we are going to step into ministry, if we are saying, yes, I am going to be an ambassador, there are some things you have to lay down permanently. You have to lay down some things in our lives if we're going to be leaders, ministers, and most of all, representatives of Jesus Christ. So every move that I make, have you ever watched a video clip and said, is that really what Jesus would do? You know, back in my day, WWJD was a really big deal, right? Everybody's wearing bracelets and everything. You know, what would Jesus do? Bracelets, right? Everybody. And it got to be kind of a joke, but it still remains true. So every time I'm watching something or looking at something, I'm always asking myself, how, would God, how does God see this? 
How would God view this? Is this how Jesus would operate while here on planet Earth? So I'm always checking whether I'm being like Jesus, if I'm truly being Christ-like, Christian, right? The problem with Christians is that we think that they, they serve a very angry God. I don't serve an angry God. I serve a God full of love. Judgment will come. Everybody say judgment will come. But we're not living in the dispensation of judgment. We're not living in the time frame of judgment. We're living in the time frame of grace. So be careful. Jesus told the story of the tares and the wheat, right? Be careful that you're not killing wheat while you're trying to remove the tares. Amen. Because he'll separate that. In the end, that's his job, not mine. That's above my pay grade. Right? That's above my pay grade. So I'm going to let God do some things. I'm going to try to win everyone and let God sort them out. Right? So win everybody. Everybody say everybody. Everybody, everybody say love everybody. Love everybody. And I'm not talking about that fake smile love. I'm talking about really, truly how Christ loved you. You've got to love everybody. And if you don't, you're having problems. You truly need to go to a prayer room and ask God to remove hatred or bitterness or bias or whatever it might be in your life. You've got to ask God to remove it. I, I know people that profess Christ and profess ministry of Christ that will not operate in certain communities because they have a problem with those people. And that is ungodly and sinful. They're not ministers of the gospel of Jesus. They are serving their own gospel. Remember, rightly dividing the word of truth. It doesn't mean that they're not saying some truth. It means they're not dividing it correctly. Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. So uh, it's important. So though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all. Made myself, made myself. Okay, Nate. <laughs> I, I know you don't feel like this, but she doggone it, you're going to go and serve these folks. Why? Because there's some times in your life you have to make yourself serve all, all. The Muslim, the Hindu, the Buddhist. Did you hear what I just said, folks? Mm -hmm. yeah. The people I don't agree with, the people I don't like, the people that ran me off the road. We've got to serve them. If we don't, then we are not true servants of God. You're a false servant. You're a servant that has a lot of talents and you bury it in the ground. And God says, I'm going to cast you into ardent darkness. I want you to go back and read that parable. It's talking about the church and ministry. I want you to think about what the last one. He buried his talent. It's the only time... He calls somebody wicked to their... It's, 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 it's that horrible to God. Amen. I know. I'm, I know I'm right. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. For though I am free, right? We know we have to make ourselves serve. Let's go to 2 Timothy. This is, a, this is a, definitely a place that you want to be um, aware of. Um, servant leaders, Paul, in fact, I'm going to teach later out of the entire Second uh, Timothy. I'm, gonna, I'm going to walk through Second Timothy in, in completion uh, from start to finish. Uh, not right now, but I wanted to pull this out because this is so good. And if you read before this and after this, you're going to give me more blessed. In Second Timothy 2, I'm sorry, well, yes, yeah, Second Timothy 2 and 20, if you go even before that. But watch this. Um, it, it, 
in verse 20 it says, but in a great house, everybody say a great house. A great house. There are what? Not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, the dishonor, he will be a vessel for honor. So this is Paul speaking to us in a type and shadow. Do you see that? He's saying that in the house of God, there are vessels that are of gold and silver, but there are also vessels of wood and clay. So amongst us, there are people that have different ministries. They have different uh, callings. They have different functions. They have different things, right? But all of them have something in common. They're either living in honor or they're living in sin, right? Dishonor. And then Paul says, you got to cleanse yourself from the sin, and then you will be a vessel for honor. So it doesn't matter if you're gold, silver, wood, or clay. You are a vessel of honor. One of the things with, with young ministers and ministries is that they feel less than. I'll tell you this right now that is kind of making me smile a little bit and helping me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be addressing this and helping uh, uh, that your wives are so jealous of you right now. Some of you... They're wanting to know, why can't I serve? Why can't I minister? Why can't I, right? I'm hearing this. Um, why, you know, and that's great because we're going to place them. We're going to train them. We're going to, that's all going to happen, right? In fact, I don't know why they, some of them can't be here except they have babies, right? So, but my point being is that there is this uh, feeling that because I'm wood, that I'm not as valuable as the gold. And that's this is not a value system. This is a commitment and service. It's a willingness to get rid of sin and be a vessel of honor, whether you're clay, wood, gold, or silver. Now, I don't know exactly what those denotions mean as far as gold, silver, clay, or wood, but I know that there's some things that I can do with wood that you could never do with gold that's more valuable. There's some things that happen with wood that would never you would never do with gold because it doesn't apply. It won't work. It won't. You follow me? So you need to recognize that this is not a value system. This is a calling system. Wood is just as valuable in its moment as gold is. Why? Because there's you can't build a house with gold. You can build a house with wood. You follow me? So is in your life, you can't look at others' ministry and say, uh, man, I, I, man, I can't believe I'm not doing that. Why aren't, Pastor, why, why won't you let me do that, right? Or why, why aren't I doing that? God, why won't that happen to me? Why? Because you've got to figure out, and I'm going to help you figure it out, gold, silver, clay, or wood. What's your purpose? Each one of these play a distinct purpose in the kingdom of God. The issue is not... Your purpose, you'll find that. The issue is, are you an honorable or dishonorable vessel? So living for God, living righteously is an absolute. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the letter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, but I say sanctified, sanctified. and what? Useful. useful for the master. Useful. Everybody, you should write that down. Useful for the master. The question you should ask yourself, not what am I doing but am I being useful for the master? Brandon was over here praying a couple days ago, right? Now, he may not think I noticed this, but I absolutely noticed this, and I prayed a blessing on him for it, right? 
and he saw some weeds out the front lawn while he was here. So he prayed and weeded while he was here. Why? Because that's being useful for the master. It's not just focusing on me. It's focusing on the kingdom and what needs to be done in the kingdom, right? So I've done everything from clean toilets to white babies' butts. I have been in the nursery. I have I've done everything. Why? Because this is not about position. This is about servanthood, right? This is about serving one another. There have been things I've done that I knew I wasn't called to, that I knew that it wasn't a part of my future ministry, but at the moment it must be done. Why? Because it's bettering the kingdom of God. So, you know, you, you help people in, you serve them, you get them water, you, whatever it might be, you, you serve at the back door, usher is missing, you jump in and fill in, right? Something needs to happen. We're moving chairs, you jump in and you fill in. Why? Because I'm being useful to the kingdom and to the master. Prepared, prepared for every good work. Prepared for every good work. So I always ask myself, am I prepared? Am I prepared? Am I prepared, right? If, if I'm repentant, am I say repentant? repentant? You should be writing this down. Am I repentant? Am I what? <laughs> Useful? Am I prepared? Am I prepared? Why? Well, if you're not prepared, then you're never going to... You're never going to find a place to serve, right? How do you prepare? Fasting and praying is, is, is of utmost, right? But pre preparation is also knowing, knowing to look, looking for people that are in need, looking, not ignoring. We've been taught in our world to look the other way, right? Mm -hmm. We have. Mm -hmm. Don't get involved with that, man. Stay away from that. Don't, you know, you know, so in our, if we're not careful, we'll pull that into the church, and we will look the other way when people are hurting, I don't want to get involved, man. They're going to, that's going to be an hour conversation, man. So I'm just going to keep walking. Mm -hmm. That's not ministry. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Very few Sundays I don't close this place. Very few that I don't close. Why? Because I'm, I'm observing and looking for people that are hurting or need help or prayer. Right? Mm -hmm. That's my job. as Not just job, but that's my duty as a minister. As a minister. Prepared for every good work. Prepared. So listen to me carefully. I'm going to say this to you, especially you, because I, I have higher expectation of you. You came here of your own free will, <laughs> right? So I'm I'm going to I'm going to be ask. Are you being useful, right? So when you're in God's house, are you being useful? Are you using it for a fellowship time or for a useful time? Are you using it? By the way, you can do both. Right, but are are you when you're in the altar? Are you praying with people? Are you observing people when you're not in the altar to see if you need to pray for people in the congregation? Walk up to them, shake their hand, welcome them. Say, "Man, I'm so glad you're here. How can I pray for you today?" Be prepared. You're a minister. Act like one. Amen. 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 It, 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 what does that mean? Constantly looking for people that need Jesus. Constantly looking for people that are, that's your, you're a watchman on the wall. 
You are a watchman on the wall. You are called. Look at Jesus. He always, it, 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 the Bible says, and when he saw them, and when he saw him, and when he saw her, he was constantly looking for people that needed him. So in your life, as a minister, you're going to live in this space that says, no matter where I'm at, that's why ministry can be so hard at times, because you are burdened, right? People encounter you, you pray with them, you carry that, right, in your spirit. Because, you know, man, I, you got to learn to put them down, too. You got to learn to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let God work on that, because I can't do any more, right? And that'll be something we talk about. Laying aside some things, because if you're not careful, it'll consume you. And then it will prevent you from ministering to other people. So it's important. Am I helping anybody today? So servant leaders are, are, are constantly on the job, right? Constantly on the job. My wife uh, was in the hospital getting treatment, and, um, and she was talking to the nurse, and she was talking, they got to talk, got figured out that they knew some common things and common people and worked at a common place over at a store in Ann Arbor and found out all this stuff, right? And, and now my wife knows that her husband is a tattoo artist and my wife knows that they're trying to have kids. My wife, so now she's praying over her and she's sending her text because, why? Because she has a goal that she's going to get them to God's house. They're wanting to have children and can't have children. Lisa said, I, let me tell you about Hillary and, 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 and Thomas Evans. They couldn't have children, had no hope, but God, God helped them through that. Right? And God provided and God. So you're constantly looking. It's not something you do every once in a while. It's a lifestyle. I feel like I really got your attention right now because this is the seriousness of ministry. It never leaves you. It never leaves you. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver and wood and clay, but some are honor and dishonor. The important part in your life is to recognize when sin comes, you need to rid yourself of it quickly. Stop mourning, mourning as in, oh, stop mourning sin that you've repented over. You're a sinner just like every other human. The difference is when Jesus called you, you came. And now you're with him and he's going to send you. Him sending you is not predicated on you being sinless. But other than that, or, or but rather than that, you are forgiven. You are learning greater depths of repentance. It doesn't mean that you excuse your sins. So we continue in sin that grace may abound. What? God forbid. It's not about, well, I'm just going to go sin because I know I'm going to anyway. No. It's about knowing that there's going to be times where you lose your cool or your, your mouth runs more than it should or you do something you know you shouldn't do and you come back and say, God, forgive me. But you don't mull around. I can't serve this Sunday. I was, oh, I, boy, I was just really screwed up this week. No. Everybody shout no. 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 That's the trick of the enemy. Now, if you continue in that sin, yeah, you should set yourself down. If you can't have self-control, if you cannot walk in the spirit and you continue to live in that sin not sin and fall down and get back up again but live stake a tent figure it out get warm 
figure, you know, okay, I'm going to live right here. I'm going to get comfortable. No, I'm not talking about that. Remove yourself from ministry willingly. I'm talking about days that we just have bad days. Amen? Amen. Oh. Ooh, that sneeze. Okay. All right. Any questions there? Amen. So you don't serve. You don't serve from how you feel. Yes. So I'm going to take it back a step. So when you feel you're being called to pray for somebody, but you don't know how to approach it, how do you go about that? It's a great question, Brandon. Great question. So I always, um, I always assess their... I do this every service. We have service visitors just about every service here at Pineview. So I always am watching them. Are they, are they like this? Right? Are they like this? Are they tapping their foot? Did they raise their hand? Are they dejected? Are they crying? I'm always reading what's going on in their life through an observation. So if I feel impressed by the Holy Spirit to go and pray for them. This happened to Nan months and months and months ago. I was ago. just thinking about this. Yeah. yeah. And t tell us your experience real quick. Uh, I was in the sound room. Uh, it was a worship service. And I looked over and there's a gentleman sitting in the back row. He was kind of shut off, honestly. Um, he was shut off, but you could tell it's, there was something in his spirit. And God told me to go over and talk to him. I actually did. I went over and I said, man, uh, I... Nan, uh, can I pray for you? And he said, no, I'm good. I'm okay. Um, I ended up standing behind him. I couldn't, I could not shake the feeling. So I was behind him and I still prayed for him. Um, and I did. I, I, yeah, yeah I you felt, were, you were, I felt terrible. I felt like I, yeah, I don't know. You felt like you messed up. I did. I felt like I'd done something wrong. Right. Um, and about a month later, uh, the same gentleman came to me pulled me aside and said, man, you don't know how important that was. Thank you so much. And so I, that was, yeah. Yeah, but it so took a month for you. a month. For you to understand. There's going to be times you never know, mm -hmm. right? So read their body language, and then if they're not receptive to it, pray for them behind closed doors. That's right. Or even like he stood behind them. Stood behind them, right? Yeah. Jesus said, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. And right. I found myself at times when I wasn't sure. Right. But I just simply said, Lord, have it your way. What do you want? Right. As a matter of fact, one time I did this, and it was a worship service, and the Lord told me to get up and run. Never seen anybody run before at all. God's brand new Christian. And, and I said, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. And I found myself in the aisleway running. And I didn't even know how I got there. <laughs> and I ran right back to the church and sat, the chair and sat down. And to my surprise, the whole church was going berserk. <laughs> yeah. They started running with you. Yeah. 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 And you became a leader in that worship. Mm -hmm. You you did to this day. Yeah. I, but if you didn't have a bum hip, we'd still let you run. <laughs> um, and, you, you. and you'd still be running. Uh, and but that's a yes to answer your question. So uh, so if I if I've got a gentleman that's standing there and sort of we're serving, he's got his arms folded, right? So um, I'll give you an example real quick. Um, the young um, uh, Chris and um, Zayla's parents came, wanted to see if we were crazy people or not. First time they came, they were here a couple weeks ago, and the mom mm -hmm. and the, the 
uh, yeah, they were just weeping and really ministered to. But here's the deal. I observed the father, right? And the father was, while he walked forward, he was, he was very closed, right? So I didn't try to invade his space, right? Because I don't want to leave a bad taste in his mouth. Yeah. Wise as a serpent. Come on. Harmless as a dove. Harmless as a dove, you know? So um, this is so important, right? So what did I do? I observed. So the mom was crying and the grandma was crying. So I prayed for them because I observed very quickly that they were receptive to what God was doing. We prayed together and it was wonderful. And the dad ended, you know, ended up a couple steps back, hands behind the back, right? And that, it just make him a bad person, guys. It just means he maybe doesn't understand what's going on, you know? I did go, hey, man, I'm so glad you came today. Thanks for being here. Is there anything I can do for you? Let me know, okay? I didn't try to push, you know why? No, why? Because I wanted to leave that openness, build a relationship, right? So in, in your prayer time, when you're at the altar, right? People, There's people that get drugged to the altar by their aunt, their grandmother, their mother, their dad, right? you got to observe, right? Um, are they here on their own accord? Did they are they pursuing Jesus, or is this grandma behind them pursuing Jesus? So I'll, I'll you know, and don't, <laughs> you know, you know immediately. Okay, and you got to stop. You got to stop everything. Stop people. I pull hands off of them. No, no, we're not going to do that right now. Why? Because you're scared the ever loving crap out of this girl. Shut up. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, you're scaring her so bad. And she's shut down. She's not going to receive anything that happens. Right? Yeah. So what do you do? You stop and talk to her. Hey, how are you? My name's Nate. What's your name? I'm Jilly. You know, man, I'm so glad you came today. You're pretty scared right now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. I said, it's okay. I'm so, I apologize. These people just love you. That's just, they're just trying to show you love. They're not trying to hurt you or harm you or scare you, and I apologize. We just sometimes get really excited when people come to Jesus. I just explain it. Oh, okay. And then I'll, I'll say, so now that we got that out of the way, is there anything I can pray for you about? You mind taking my hands? We're going to just pray together. We're going we're gonna to connect here together. We're going to agree on what you need prayer for. Right? Um, so I'm talking to them. I'm explaining to them, right, so that there's no fear. They don't know what's going to happen next. Now they know what's going to happen next. We're going to hold hands. I'm going to pray. And when I'm done, I'm going to feel and know by the Holy Ghost whether there's a reception. Do I keep praying? Or do I need to put it into a Bible study? Do I need to get my Bible and say, let me show you what the Word of God says, right? I do the same things with baptisms. People that you know want people to get they're gonna get baptized. Do you want to get baptized? Well, they say I need to be baptized. No. <laughs> no. Now, now, now I need a Bible study. Right? Yeah. So when you're approaching people, observing them, you gotta look at their body language, guys. Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? Or is it this? Is it this? Is it this? Right? Mm -hmm. Head bowed, hands clasped, that's a receptive. Look at their body language and understand that you can't make people come to Jesus. You have to entreat people to come to Jesus. Remember, it's Jesus they're receiving, not you. 
So if they reject you, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus. And that's what I told man. Man, shake it off. Mm -hmm. You did what God told you to do. Right? Neither eat nor drink. <laughs> right? So what, what happens is you are able to... Am I making sense? Yes. Am I helping yes. anybody? Very good. Yeah. Okay. So in that moment, Brandon, you're going to observe, right? Not what you're feeling, what they're feeling. You know what you're feeling, right? So don't live by your feeling in that ministry. Well, God told me, man, I'm supposed to. No, no. You can't do anything that person is not receptive to. If they close you out, no matter what God said, you're not going to get through to them. So you got to figure out what are they feeling and how can I get them from where they're feeling not so eh, to a place where they're receptive. So you talked to him. So I told Dan, yes, sir. Yeah, there's a, a little short little saying that we use. Listen, locate, then educate. That's right. You know, you, you, you got to listen to people when you talk to them. Not when you come with your pre-prepared spiel. That's right. You know, but listen to them. And so that means engaging them and getting, when a person feels their idea, and you have open-ended questions. Yes. And you, you kind of lead them through yeah. a conversation. That's right. And then you can come to the point of agreement where, you know, you can go right into prayer and they'll be receptive to it. Because they first they feel like, yeah, I feel like I yes. I can do this. But that comes from listening. And a lot of us tend to speak a lot. Right. We don't listen to people. And, and part of that listening is listening to their body language. Mm -hmm. And listening to what they're feeling. But Elder is right. Um, so let's let's take this one step further. So you're praying with them, and they're receiving. They're you can tell they're really they're broken. So what do you do immediately? They're crying, or they're really praying, right? Oh Lord, I love you. I'm, forgive me, Lord. Right? You're going to help them. What do you need to help them do? You need to help them, right? So you stop them. Well, they're praying good. No, no, praying amiss does nobody any good, right? You stop them. Say, hey man, let me talk to you just for a second. You know, you mind? No, we're going to pray just in, a, just in a minute. We're going to go back to prayer. But listen, here's what you need to understand. Do you believe Jesus Christ loves you, that he died for you? He said, yes, I, I believe it. Amazing. First, first thing you need to know is he came to forgive you of your sins. So right now, you and I, you and I, you hear me? Mm -hmm. You and I are going to repent of our sins. Mm. Why? Because I'm inclusive. By the way, I'm a sinner. I need to repent every day. So it's not going to hurt me to repent. Amen? Amen. So what do I do? I, I entreat them. We're going to do this together. We're in this together. You're not, not Everybody's not just staring at you, look, watching you. No, you can do this in your heart and spirit. But I'm just going to encourage you just to speak out and let God just heal your heart. So what do I do? I lead them through a prayer of repentance. Right? A lot of people get that, wow. That feels good, right? And, and, and it's not a five second. I mean, take a minute to pray. I mean, a repentant prayer is an important prayer. Wow. And then I'll take them through. Look, if I feel reception and God, right, yeah, okay, I'm going to take them to the next step, right? God wants to fill you with his spirit. That's what he did in the book of Acts to all the people. It's a promise. And I explained in a brief summary about the promise of the Holy Spirit in our lives, right? And then I tell them, read Paul's writings in Corinthians about the fact that you should not speak in tongues unless you give understanding for those tongues. Right? 
And I'll say, when you're praying, you may feel something. Man, you may feel goosebumps. You may feel, I, I, every person is a little different. It's, it's the Lord trying to get inside of you, trying to, and I, I always tell them the story um, that about, about tongues. Have you ever heard of speaking in tongues? Well, yeah, I heard my, my aunt spoke in tongues. Okay. You always ask them, have you ever heard of that? Why? Because if you're going to ask people and say, no, I've never heard of that. And you're going to have to explain to them a little more than the person that's heard about it from their mom or grandfather or mother or aunt, uncle or friend, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not scary. It's God taking control of our tongue. I always tell this story to every person I talk to, right, when it comes to tongues. Did you know that our tongue, the Bible says, is the most unruly member of our body? And if God can get a hold of your tongue, he can get a, re he can get a hold of the rest of your body. Right? Mm -hmm. So God, the, the reason speaking in tongues is, is important, it's for your salvation, but it's your surrender to God, that God, I'm going to give you the thing that I know is the most uncontrolled thing in a human body. Mm -hmm. It's trust. It's knowing that God is inside of you, living with you. I said, it's the difference between dating and getting married. Wow. You can date God. You love God. I can tell. And I would say this. Because they're at the altar. They love God. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So I always help them through that process. Now, I only do this as I'm being led by the Holy Ghost. There are many people I don't go to this step until later. Sometimes way later. Why? Because I've, I've got to read what's going on in their life. Some people are ready to receive, right? They've been, they've been searching after God. They have been, look, they've been trying to find God. They've been pursuing God. There are some people that come to God's house and they're with a friend and they're feeling this power. And I always ask them, you feel what's in this room? Do you feel, yes, I feel something, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I try to educate them, right? Now, I pray with them for a little while. And I don't listen to me carefully. And there's people that disagree with me. And that, that's, you know, this is the way I, the Lord has taught me to do this. I don't, if, if I pray with them for a few minutes, and I don't feel like that they're completely understanding, right? They're not surrendering, right? Mm -hmm. I know that the word needs to do more softening. So, I, I, man, you do great. Man, God is moving in your life, right? Let's get you in a Bible study. I'd love to talk with you about more about God's Spirit living inside of you, right? Mm -hmm. Why? Because so many times we do not educate the people that receive this amazing gift, and therefore they don't know it's precious. We were just talking about that a lot of times. Uh, that's had that happened to me. Uh, you come in, you experience God, they, you know, you get baptized, and you go, bye bye. Yeah. You know, you don't know what's going on. You don't, you know, you know, he's really there. Right. Yeah, that's why we got to disciple people. That's that's my greatest fear as a pastor, that the back door is bigger than the front door. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm very careful, try to be very careful when we're praying with people. I don't want converts. I want disciples. That's what Jesus wants. Mm -hmm. Right? you got to get them converted before they become disciples, but you, your goal must be discipleship, not just conversion. Conversion without discipleship equals abortion mm. wow. so people that remember judgment begins at the house of God right. so once you have knowledge of something you'll be judged by that knowledge
Much is given, much is required. So it's like having the law. You get stopped by the police and you say, I didn't know the speed limit. <laughs> He's going to say, I'm sorry, that's ignorance is not in any defense of the law. And the Lord is going to be the same way. You have an obligation to learn and grow. That's right. But if they don't have the tools or the people or the, the discipleship makers mm -hmm. to come along. Am I making sense? Yeah, so it's very important that we that take this serious. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here, right? Because the Lord spoke to me in a, in a in almost physical form, where He said to me, "You're looking for harvest, but if you don't take care of the ground that 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 tree is growing, you're gonna just it's gonna wither and go away." So God is speaking. Someone say Amen. amen. Everybody have any questions, comments? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm uh, teaching a Bible class right now to a couple. Yeah. And we just did a teaching on how important your words are. Amen. And I realize the next step is, you know, turning, you know, controlling your tongue. Right. Like you, said, you know, I'm leading them down that path, but sure. it's going to be their idea. Yeah. Not my idea from the word of God. That's right. They're going to see it for themselves. themselves. Yeah. And I remember being at work. And we had Bible class, and so it's different people. I'm a chaplain, for y'all that don't know. Yeah. So I can, I free to minister to everybody. I'm not just bound by, okay, this denomination yeah. say you right. can only talk to certain people. So we were teaching the Bible class, so this subject came up about tongues and stuff. So we had, I would let people take turns teaching. So this young man taught a class. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, never spoke to Thomas before. He taught a class about it. Right. And he said, I want this. Yeah. From him going and digging in the scriptures himself and seeing himself. <laughs> That's right. So right in the middle of the heart of that plant, he began to speak in tongues. And that, every, you know, we had Baptists <laughs> and different kind of denominations yeah. in there. And they're looking, they're like, wow, look at this guy. And we had the opportunity to baptize him and his father. You know, his father was oh, dying. So awesome. You know, and that was, you know, just, just by being available yes. and not Judging. forcing anything That's down right. anybody's throat yeah. and knowing that everybody might not agree with everything, you know, like the way we do as apostolic. Sure. Right. But uh, just having a sensitivity and we were talking about never, I'm not saying this from a you know, pastoral point, but don't look down on a person. No, no. Always look eye to eye as we, we conversation. Don't speak we're, to them, speak yeah, with them. We're, we're in this. And I find out that that works because we, especially when you're out there in the field. If you include yourself, it helps them to understand the importance of what they're doing. Right? I find this important so much that I'm going to tell you about it. And I'm not just going to tell you about it. I'm going to include myself in the conversation. I'm a sinner saved by grace, right? Important. Okay. Everybody good? I'm almost done. So uh, it goes on, verse 22. What What is, here? here's some lists. Did I help you? Yeah. Okay, good. Here's some lists. That was a good session right there, right? That was good. Um here's some things that you need to understand as a minister, right? Remember, you're very prepared. 
right? Everybody say prepared. prepared. Now, what do you? How do you prepare? Flee youthful lust. You want to be prepared for the kingdom? You want to be prepared? Flee. It doesn't mean that you won't be tempted or tried and even fell down and failed, but it means you get back up, you repent, and you make necessary changes and movements to not fail in that area repeatedly again. Amen. 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 So flee useful. How do I prepare? I pursue righteousness. It means I'm not sitting here waiting for righteousness to come at me. I'm looking how to be righteous. I'm pursuing this righteousness, right? How do I prepare? I have faith. Everybody say faith. Faith. Ah, oh, that's the big one, guys. You have faith that when you lay hands on the sick, they will. Re it's not your problem if they don't. We'll talk about that. Uh, I have love. Everybody say love. Love. I purvey peace. I put on the sandals of peace, and everywhere I go, the gospel of pre. I should, everywhere I go, the peace of God should follow me. In Jesus' name. Not conflict, not consternation, not antagonizing. No, that's not what the scripture ever brings to us, right? Uh, how do I prepare? Well, uh, I call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I call on the Lord out of a pure heart. How do I prepare? I avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh, that's not been my strong suit. Well, God's working on you, right? <laughs> and that's good. That's a, a great acknowledgement, right? We all have these things that we're passionate about that really in the end doesn't matter. I, I, I know people that are no longer friends because of the last election. In my opinion, they are foolish and ignorant disputes. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, that's, that was Paul's opinion. Foolish and ignorant disputes. Things that do not matter about eternity. Right. Avoid them. Why do you need to argue with a person when it doesn't involve eternity? Mm -hmm. Why? Foolish and ignorant disputes. Avoid them. You want to be prepared? Stop the conversations that lead to nowhere, but hurt, harm, and, and things that are not. Don't get involved in family drama. Don't get involved in other people's drama. Don't get involved in defending someone. Don't get involved. God, God is their defender, right? God is your defender. Don't ask people to come to your defense. God is, their, God is your defender, right? Why? Because it gets where you're not prepared. When you are not living these Void view for us. Pursue righteousness. You cannot be what you are not. In other words, I cannot play something and act like something on Sunday that I'm not on Monday. Right? Does that mean I'm perfect? No. It means I'm messed up, saved by the grace of God. But I admit that I'm messed up and I'm saved by the grace of God. <laughs> right? Avoid foolish ignorance, but knowing that they generate strife. There's nothing worse. The Bible says that those that cause division to mark them, mark them among you, Paul wrote, right? Why? Division is anti-unity. It is the opposite of unity. Christ prayed that we would become one. We are commanded to have unity. When we do these things, we generate strife within the body of Christ. And what does it do? It causes disunity.
And this is good stuff. Verse 24, and a servant of the Lord must, must, underline that, must, 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 must. This is not a suggestion. This is not, no, this is a command from the Apostle Paul from the Holy Spirit. Must not quarrel, but be gentle to what? All. The person that you're frustrated with, the person, I would rather you walk away and never say a word to them until you get yourself under control in the Holy Ghost. Oh, they're going to say you're rude. They're going to call you names. You're chicken. You're walking away, blah, blah, blah. You've got to be bigger than that in the Holy Ghost. Walk away. So you must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. Able. Listen. <laughs> if you're not fleeing youth loves, pursuing righteousness, having faith, love, and peace, calling on the name of the Lord, have a pure heart. You're avoiding foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing they generate strife. You're not trying to cause strife, right? You're avoiding the thing that does cause. And I say, people say, well, I didn't mean to cause strife. But you, but you were not avoiding foolish and ignorant things. So you can't, if you don't avoid ignorant and futile things, you're going to cause strife. So you can't say, I didn't mean to cause strife when you're using foolish and ignorant ways. Mm-hmm. Just because you didn't mean to doesn't mean it didn't cause it. So if you have a personality flaw, uh, should we be praying and pray and ask God to help you with it? Well, of course you do. Yeah. That's the power of the Holy Ghost in you. Travis, you don't have a personality problem. You have a sin problem. And that I have the same sin problem, right? It's it's pride. It comes back to pride. It's pride. It's pride. Gentlemen, it's pride. When we are assaulted or think we are right and they're wrong, or we feel like their words were disrespectful or unkind, we have the right to defend. Oh, yeah, you do, by the way. You have the right to defend yourself, right? So, now, you do have the right but it's not right all the time. If someone were to physically try to harm me, I would respond in kind. We have a command. Jesus sent his disciples out and gave them all swords. So I know that I'm able to defend my life. We're talking about my life, my family's life. I know I'm I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about spiritual things. I'm talking about things when people poke you. When people say things that harm or hurt, try to make you in, mad, make you invoke things that you've, that you've said you're not going to do ever again, and that's the enemy of your soul. So it's not a character flaw. It's more of a the enemy has sin he wants you to, to, to delve in, and he wants you to partner with his sin. And you've got to avoid, flee youthful us. You've got to pursue righteousness. It doesn't mean you won't fall, but you've got to get up quick. I better say quick. Yeah, get up quick. Father, forgive me for that. You know what? Go back to that person. I'm so sorry. I, that was wrong, and I apologize. Move on. It's endurance. What? It creates endurance where you can come back and handle that It is. It does. It does. I'm going to tell you something. One of the greatest things, measures of ministry, is Mm self-control. And you'll get it. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you're struggling. You're a struggler. Keep moving. Keep going. It's fine. You know, you're going to have bad days. Don't beat yourself up for the mistakes. Correct them. Move on. But I made it again. Correct it again. Move on. 
But I made it again, correct it again. Why? You've got, so after I've corrected it like 10, 15 times, now I ask somebody else to help me watch over my issue. Now I ask somebody else to be my accountability partner. Someone else that will speak to me and say, hey, that's not right, right? I quit just repenting. I start making steps to change how I'm doing it. Make sense? Mm -hmm. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. That's right. The Muslim, the Baptist, Buddhist, the hippie, the gay, the lesbian, to all. There's no qualification here. Able to teach. You'll never be able to teach if you're not, right? Patient in what? Humility. Correcting. Now, those two words put together. Humility correcting. What you think about that? Something that I had to learn as a father that sometimes my correction had zero humility. They embarrassed me. They made me look like a bad father. They made me look like a person that was out of control in my family and I didn't have control of them. So I reacted many times out of my pride, not out of their goodwill or disciplining them for the purpose of changing character. Amen. Amen. That's why I had to go back to this one right here and say, I was wrong and I'm sorry. Because I disciplined so many times, not in humility, but in anger. And I hate pastors that declare, or ministries, that declare righteous anger. Find that in the scripture for me. Find the words righteous anger when it comes to things of interacting with your brothers and sisters in Christ. It does say slow to anger. People always use Jesus in the temple, and it just makes me sick to my stomach, makes me want to backhand them. It's like, stop being ignorant and foolish in your comments. <laughs> because Jesus, number one, was God in flesh. <laughs> Please don't compare yourself to Jesus. <laughs> he was perfect and you are not. <laughs> I mean, come on, right? What was the principle? He wasn't mad at people. He was mad at spiritual things because they were making the temple what it was not meant for. Turning over tables. Money changers. They had created a debauchery in God's house. He was angry at the spirit world. The people were ancillary. He got rid of them because they were carriers of that spirit. So it's important that you recognize Humility is absolutely. So why am I making a big deal out of this? Because you're going to encounter people that you have to speak differently than them when it comes to doctrinal things. But you don't have to speak in anger or self-righteousness or in a matter-of-fact tone. You can speak in love. You can speak in coming. What did... Great. Ethiopian eunuch is riding in a chariot, reading, the man, reading God's word, and... Philip is translated to him and he comes alongside him. God calls him to come alongside him and he, and he, and he asks, hey, are you understanding everything you're reading? And he's like, no, I, I, I'm paraphrasing. But no, I, I'm not, no, I, I'm, not, I'm just reading, man. I don't really, I've got knowledge, but I don't have understanding. And so Philip was sent by God to come alongside and say, let me 
give you the fullness and the truth of God's word. And then there is a pond or whatever it was. And he said, here is water. What doth hinder? I want to be baptized. Why? Because there was somebody that was rightly dividing the words. He didn't come to him and say, so you don't know the Bible, huh? That's what I figured. <laughs> so, um, he wasn't ugly or angry. Uh, yes, sir. That uh, anger piece. If one of my brothers here are angry at me, yes, sir. I might not feel it. Anger is always directed at yourself. Oh, that's good. You know, and when we say we're angry, that means, that's that's yeah. You're the one that's angry. Yeah, and yeah. it's not the other person. That's so good. So you have to think about what are you really thinking. Oh, that's that good. <laughs> that's good. That's good, Elder. Mm -hmm. So you're going to correct those who are in opposition, right? In humility, right? In love. You're not going to be ignorant or foolish in the dispute. You're going to pursue righteousness in the dispute. You're going to call on the name of the Lord out of pure heart. You're going to do it in faith, love, and peace, right? You see that? Mm -hmm. And humility correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance. That's the whole purpose, right? You want them to repent so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will, the will of Satan. So the purpose is very clear. They are deceived. And it's your job to love them, keep peace with them, and have faith that God's going to do what his promises say they will do. Someone say amen. Amen. So you're going to approach them in what? Humility. All right, final slide. I'm done. So Jesus gives us an example of serving wherever he was at. Wherever he found himself, no matter where it was at, whether it was in temple, whether it was in the street, whether it was the highway byways, whether it was on the road, it didn't matter. Whether it was in the house, he found ways to serve people, right? From feeding the 5,000 to washing the disciples' feet, he allowed his service to show the world who he was. They knew him by what he did, not what he just said. We heard Jesus is here, and he heals the sick and raises the dead. You're not going to find where they say, oh man, did you hear that sermon Jesus put? Oh man, that sermon, Woo, man, that was powerful, right? No, he healed the sick, he raised the dead. They knew him because he served them. Did you hear what I just said? God in the flesh came and dwelt among us. And the only way we knew that God was through his service to us. What did he do? He washed the disciples' feet. Peter's like, oh, you're not washing my feet. And Jesus said, fine, if I don't wash your feet, you're not in my kingdom. Because you're not getting the point, Peter. I've got to wash your feet. That means you're going to wash somebody else's feet. I'm being an example to you. I'm showing you that as the leader of the universe, I'm going to humble myself and be humility and have humility in loving others. Someone say amen. amen. So ministry starts with servanthood, right? So I got a question. Where can we serve? So there is nine of us here today, 10 of us here today, right? Wait, wait no. 
three, six, eight. So there's eight of us here today, and there's going to be more, right? I know Xavier could be here, the kids are sick, and others. So they're going to be. So where can we serve today, right now, as we close this time? Is everybody good on time? Okay, good. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to decide where are we going to serve. So I, I, I want to know what what do we want to do this month? What do we want to do in the in in the next? In the, do we want to do we want to um, want to do a prison ministry together do we want to try to do a uh help people in halfway houses do we want to because uh, we're going to do something i'm going to do something and i'm asking you if you want to be a part of this to to make some time you're going to serve it's going to cost you something it's going to cost you your time it's going to cost you a little money probably it's going to we want to serve at ha halfway do we want to serve at a homeless shelter do we want to serve at some place uh for a food pantry do we want to serve someone that doesn't benefit us or our family or our church? We're gonna feed. We're gonna feed or talk or do. We're gonna do something in this month. So we're gonna preach. We're all gonna have a turn to minister on October first, and we may not. We may have to gather some things and then do it in October. That's fine too. But I want. I want us to pick a spot. Do we want to do hospital ministry? Do we want to go to a, a nursing home and hold a service? Do we want to? What do we want to do? I've just thrown out like 15 things. Yeah. You want to know where you need to serve? There's so many things you can serve at that I, I, you wouldn't have time to do all the service. The issue is, will you come when you're called? The issue is, okay, I, I'm, I'm gold and I'm not sure that I should be doing clay stuff. No. No, 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 no. Jesus put a, <laughs> a towel around him, went and got the basin of water and washed his disciples' feet to show them nobody is too high to humble themselves. The God of the universe wrapped in flesh served and we must follow that example. So what will we do? See, the issue for me, I'm just going to be honest with you guys, right? The issue is not inspiration. The issue is not trying to find what to do. The issue in this hour is find who will go do it. So not all of us are passionate about everything. That's not what I'm asking. I'm not asking you that we start a ministry. I'm asking that we go and serve together. Amen. That we go and we experience serving others like Christ has served us. How many here has God served you in your life? Amen. He loves you so much. He gave his life for you. And what he's asking us to do is to get back on. We have lost this in this hour. Why? Well, because we've been separated by mask and all kinds of other stuff. Pandemic and disease and fear and and, and all we could go down the list of all the things that could keep us from serving. But Jesus didn't let anything keep him from serving. He went to the Samaritans. By the way, Jews didn't like that. He didn't care. He went and served them. He went to the lowly, the highways and the byways. Oh, the tax collector. That was a good one. 
They hated him for going to Zacchaeus' house. They were, go read the passage. They are not happy, right? But he didn't care because he knew what he was called to do and his calling became greater than the culture, than the expectations, than anything else. So time and energy, yes, yes, it's going to take some time. Yes, it's going to take your energy and yes, it's going to take some funds. Yeah, that's right, because it's called sacrifice. The so same what, God that raised the dead washed the feet. Man. That should make you weep. Oh, that should make you weep. Because when you realize how we can get so puffed up in ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. We can classify people as not worth our time. We can, I'm not, I'm, we all fight this. We all fight the fact that I'm busy. We all fight the fact that we can go on and on and on. Yeah. The issue is, will you make time to serve the people you claim to love? I'm being hard right now. No. But I, I'm just telling you the truth. Mm -hmm. If you don't serve them, you can't expect them to ever find Jesus. Because Jesus used his service to reveal who he was. And people make excuses. You know, people, uh, I'm a preacher. I'm not going to go wash the toilet. But well, that's the lousiest excuse I've ever heard. It's terrible. But we think, well, I'm, I, this is more important. But God could have done so much for these. He could have made it rain gold on them. But he knew what they needed was for me to get down and that's wash right. their feet. Wow, that's good. Man. So where can we serve? I'm not leaving this room today until we decide. Uh, <laughs> what? When's the next time Hope Clinic's going to do something big they need help with. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, we can find out. Is, is, is fall is coming up. There's some elderly people in the church that could use our help getting their yards ready for fall. Yeah, but we're not going to do anything within our, our borders. Okay. No. As a former alcoholic, I'd love to go to a halfway house as well as a prison. I've got several people from high school right now that I grew up with and time I was living in sin that I can I can connect with them but in order to connect with them I gotta know how to connect inside of that right I got, and I, I can got, help I yep. got an entire family that's locked up basically well I'm I, I, I think we, we we need to decide yeah. you know at what level are we going to serve right so I can throw out a thousand things to go serve we can we can I can Look into Washington County Jail. I know how to get into there. I know how to get into Huron. I know how to, you know, we can we can look at all that. We had Sister McPherson did an amazing job at the at the Huron Valley Women's Prison. Um, still does some great work there. Um, uh, but Washington County Jail, I'm very connected to that. Uh, trying to you know go in and, and partner with some people that are already in there. We're trying to just go and support something right now. We're not trying to start something, right? So we will we, at the end of our eight weeks or ten weeks or twelve weeks or hundred weeks, whatever it is that we decide, we're gonna start something. This this group of men, we're gonna we're gonna become mighty men. But we're going to it's not gonna it's not gonna be something willy-nilly we think off the top of our head and sit around a campfire and say, gee, we should do that. No, it's gonna be through prayer and fasting that we start a ministry for the ministers of this house. Right? 
So we'll, we'll get to that. What about Children's Hospital? What about it? Um, I've, always had a, I've always had a deep love for kids, you know, just and mm -hmm. showing them the love that they, they don't have. You know, and it's like, uh, it's the building blocks of the future, you know. Uh, yeah. The kids, uh, they need men and women of God to show them. So is do we need to, you know, believe it or not, one of the poorest schools in Washtenaw County, the poorest school in Washtenaw County, is out here at Lincoln High. Uh, it's not Brick Elementary, but it's the other elementary. Um, there's two elementaries, one on options, one's brand new and one's really old. Um, and uh, it's as far as financially, as far as household income, it's the poorest school in Washtenaw County. And a couple of years ago, we paid their school bill, their lunch bills. You know, we raised money and we, <coughs> we went and we, um, so I, I don't know if that's still something that needs to be done, if that's still going on, mm -hmm. if, you know, that kind of thing. So we could look at, um, you know, uh, so I'll, I'll tell you what, how, so how do we do this? Well, I'll tell you how you do it. We... I'm going to give you some some ideas and some some help, and so we can decide. But Brandon, to go into a prison, you got to start by contacting the prison, right? They'll do background checks on all of us. They'll do, uh, you know, you got to go through a process. Elder uh, can help us a little bit in, in the, he already deals with a lot in the chaplaincy, so we could he could um, help you know, get us into some places just simply because he has his license already with them. And, and all of those things. So that could be something we could do, right? So to get in, you got to apply. you got to tell them what you're going to do, how to do it, explain it. And then they got to approve it. So it's a process. It's, it's quite the process, right? Um, you got to provide them with the, the things you're going to teach. you got to provide them with the materials. You gotta, there's a lot of things. Now, once you get in there, you can, you can you know, modify them as much as... But you got to be careful that you don't speak ill of Muslims or ill of anybody. You know, mm -hmm. speak in love only. There's a lot of things that I will tell you. If we decide that prison, and, and if that's what you all decide, that's great. We can, you know, so going into Washtenaw County, how do we serve? Well, um, I would task somebody here to find out who's already serving at the prison and how could we partner with them. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, guys. Right? Yeah. Well, we don't believe just like them. Again, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We can partner with them and explain Jesus in truth, right? Dividing that truth. So in your walk, you're going to minister to people that, and partner with people. I have found as the most effective way, right? I would never open a food pantry here. Why? Because we support the one down at Hope, right? So, it, it, huh? Do we? Because I've got over a year's worth of canned good and dry foods that I need to consolidate down. I literally have over 50 things of peanut butter in my house that my grandpa all throughout COVID. So, why don't, why, don't you, why don't you, that could be a great ministry, mm -hmm. right? That's serving right there. Mm -hmm. So, gather all that you want to give and take it down to Hope, Hope. right? Hope mm -hmm. Clinic. Say, hey, walk in. I have some. I have a food donation. You know, I'm here. And I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to. You know, we we want to do this, right? I know one small way we can practice for all this 
is Sister uh, Davis asked us to help serve this weekend at the barbecue there tomorrow. That's right. So that's right. Yes, some of us to help set up and give hands. And yes, so, yeah, that's, that's right. There, that's, and that's perfect. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Fine, you're observing. Oh, they need my help. Instead of saying, "Hey, will you please come help us?" No, I'm here. Why? Because this is my house. This is my ministry. This is me growing as a servant. Right. We're just asking you today to put a list together of what needs to be done here. Right. And yeah, and we're gonna. That's. I mentioned a minute ago about it being outside this house because I'm. I. I don't. Yes, there's a lot of things here. We're going to put a list together and we'll get together and do some things. Absolutely unequivocally. I'm not saying let's not touch our house or help our people. No, I just feel the Holy Ghost that this this needs to be outside this room, outside this border, outside this property, right? We need to understand if we don't go outside this property, we cannot infect or affect people for the gospel. Remember, you're a light. You're infecting people. When they walk by you, they're like, ooh, Right? But you also affect them. Effect says it's something that's more passive, right? Mm -hmm. Affecting them is being more proactive. Mm -hmm. So you can do both. You can be a light in a dark world, but then you have to engage them. You have to engage people. So when we get out of this, our norm, our circle of influence and friends, now we're talking to people we've never met before. Right. Now we're talking to people, we, they have no idea who Pineview is. Now we're spreading the gospel into a, a, a world that doesn't know about us, I that doesn't know about Jesus. I started, uh, I was praying the other day, and I was telling God, I, was, I want to be closer to him, and I was telling the good news. And I, it was scary at first. I went, I went to work, and we have a gathering. We get truck drivers from Canada everywhere, and I just opened up the Bible, and I got right to Romans 10, and I wrote it, and, and I, I just involved them, and I just say, all right, this is today's Bible study, and whoever's there hears it. And I'm serious. I at love first, that. It was scary. I and I did it. And it's, and like, it's, I don't know. And then tomorrow I said, we're going to go into uh, the Acts of Paul. We're going to read about what Paul did. And, and, and I tell him who Paul was. And, and, and I've gotten a reaction. It's and so I'm just doing first. I'm making, I'm making a, a Bible study. And, and That's you know, what I'm talking about. Right. And, you're and, you're and offering yourself as a have, servant. Have, a, have really engaged. And I met a guy today. He, said uh you know i'm saved and, and we were talking he said and he didn't even know about baptism and 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 now I'm, i we, it was quick because he's a driver so the next time i see him i'm gonna pull up baptism and go, that's the further continuation it's, it's, yeah yeah and yeah be filled with the spirit because he's he says oh i just feel like i need more yeah and i'm like yeah and i found out he's never been baptized that's the test of a seeker right there and, yeah. and now, now, now I see people, Some people and I said, hey, uh, I, said, uh, I said, I'm real excited about next week's Bible study. And I just created a Bible study, whether they like it or not. And, and I just stick with the good news. I don't go too crazy, and I'm sticking with the milk. And I, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I always watch. So remember what we learned. There is a God. There is a Lord that you, when you confess him, and right. you believe in your heart that you can call on him That's in right. a time of trouble. Amen. Whether they realize it or not, one day they're going to get into a time of trouble and they're going to remember in your spirit. Well, when pastors ask yeah. where we can serve, the thing that kept popping in my mind is doing something more of a service, not of ministry. When we brought up hospitals and prisons, and those are great ministries, but where can we go somewhere where we're going to just serve? Pass out food and food gatherers, yeah, a food, uh, food gatherers, soup kitchens. Yep. Like, that. like that's a place where okay. you're serving the, more than yeah. you're ministering. 
Yeah, you're, you're, load, gotta, you're loading the truck. You're unloading the truck. Right. You're, you're, I'm you're, be humble and say, I don't know if I'm ready to jump into prison ministries or anything too big yet. I don't know if I'm there yet. Start serving. Well, and That's what I mean. I want to start serving. Right. But I don't want to get too big. And but over this would be a one-time thing. Yeah. This, this would be a partnership with somebody that's already in the prison to okay. experience okay. that mm -hmm. while you serve them. Okay. Right. right. Every, every person I send overseas into the foreign field, I just sent uh, one of the um, Terrell, the Terrell boy, uh, Joshua Terrell, uh, to Mexico and to the Barriados of, of Guadalajara. And I'm talking about he never experienced that type of poorness. He never yeah. understood. People would describe He's He's traveled. They go to... You know, they go to Disney World and they've been on a cruise or two and they're for their family vacations. He had no idea, right? It blew him away, right? To walk into people's house, literally what they call their house. They sweep the dirt floor. You know, and he was like, "You, they live here? Like, this is where they live? You know, he's he's like, it blew me away. It just, it, it blew me away. I want to go back, right? It made him want to give everything he had to the cause. And that's what it will do. It will grip you like nobody's business. And every person in this room needs to experience that. Mm -hmm. Where you really realize that, number one, how thankful I am of, of what God's given me, right? And number two, how much the world needs me to offer myself back to them. When I'm in a place of complaining, when I get into those things. Well, we all do. Yeah, I'll, I'll, they'll lead me usually somewhere. And I'll see a life of somebody who is not so blessed. And boy, is it, it was just eye-opening. This favor over my life, and I, it humiliates me right away. And I, I try to live in that, you know, every day. And I understand that, like, bless you so much. You know, that lady that so, came here at church that Teresa and Candace had uh, talked to, she came here. She was bawling. And she said, uh, I just feel the love in this place. And it hit me like a sack of bricks when they told me, like, sometimes you forget that. Yeah, it's true. And there is so much love here in Pineview, and that's, it's huge, man. It's, it is. It's so big, and it's such a great thing. It's a, and it's an honor to be a part of it. It's an honor to have you, my friend. So we still have not decided what we're going to do. <laughs> you, you can keep talking. I'm going to keep running back. <laughs> if you want to do community service, like you were saying, yeah. you can... Uh, uh, call up United Way and ask them for uh, you know volunteer opportunities to help an agency that's already doing something out there. And you know, you know, I got a group of eight or ten men. Right. And we, you know, so, be able to do this at this time, and they could plug you in to a group that may need your help, and that's a way to you know do some community service. So, so who, who will make that phone call? Does anybody want to make that phone call? Does that sound like something we want to do? Find out. United Way. Yeah, United Way because they. There's other agencies out there yeah. that we can do the same uh, thing. Yeah. Food gatherers in Ann Arbor. So just Google United Way. Um, yeah. Specific office. Uh, one up here on Ann Arbor on uh, Flat Road, I believe it is. So we could do that. We could, uh, I could contact the sheriff's department. I've got a, a Kathy Wyatt could mm -hmm. tell me if there's some opportunity. I'll con I could contact Kathy. I'm personal friends with her. So um, she's over the community part of the sheriff's department. So she could tell us if there's some, I, uh, some upcoming I things. Know why I just yeah. came to mind. 
What about, and this could be future things, about connecting with the leaders of our state in a way? Oh, I don't know. Like, Do you really want to be involved with foolish men? No, no. No, no, no. Just being able to speak the word and, like, I can't. I don't know. I'll think about that more. But uh, it just hit me. Yeah. Like, no. I. I. I, I, I pray for our leaders every. Yeah. You know. I pray for our leaders every day. Not I don't care. Him. I don't care who's in office. Mm-hmm. I told Brandon this earlier, and I've told m- multiple people. Um, I. I. And you're going to hear this from me. And if you disagree, that's fine. Uh, you can disagree with me. Just uh, know that I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> um, but. I don't want us to get unfocused on anything involving politics. Yeah. Nothing. Zero, nada, nada, nada. Nothing that is in political, you know, nothing. I, I, I don't find Jesus doing it. I said this last week. I don't find Jesus doing it. And I don't find myself doing it. Right? In my personal life, I, I have stuffed envelopes and knocked on doors and helped. Uh, but you, you, you won't ever know who that is. Right? Why? Because it's not your business, number one, and I don't want it to be your business because it's it's my personal time. It's my personal, what I want to do in, in that scene. It is not, no ministry is called to that. People say, well, we are. I say, well, okay. I, I mean, that's their business before God, and I'm not judging them. I just I know what I see in the scripture, like and I'm talking about, no, I know, I know. If... But it's going to be seen as, as political because we're trying to influence them with Christian, you know, things. So it would be seen as political in in the the world of politics, right? That we're meeting them to influence them in a Christian way, and that's not untrue, right? Right. So we we've just got to be careful getting involved in that segment, right? Uh, we can go have a prayer walk around our capital. We don't have to involve anybody with that. That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, we can do that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We'll get a couple cars or a van and go and do something. We can do I One of the things I want to do in this coming little bit, um, Daniel and I, were, had, we met for a little bit about men's prayers, that I want to start doing some prayer walks. Some, I want to do some, mm-hmm. let's go do something, right? We, I need time to pray with my brother, but we're meeting twice a month, yeah. right? And I think that second time we, we meet, that it's it's a great opportunity to go do something. Go pray I, I around a hospital. Go pray. Go walk. Have a prayer walk. Go pray specifically for specific. Today I had you guys pray for a specific person in your life, right? Too many times our prayers are, are like, you know, birdshot uh, out of a shotgun. And, and it doesn't mean they're not good prayers. I But I think that we are more effective as a church body and as people when we focus our prayers. Amen? Paul was in prison and the church was praying specifically about Paul getting released and God released him, right? And I think that those are things that we have to recognize about disease, about, you know, and we can talk further. We can, in, in the I, items of agreement, 